Welcome to All Road 65 Max Radio, where the road ahead gets brighter as we journey toward truth, traveling through our dreams and inspiration into a new reality. It's time, and your ticket is waiting. All aboard All Roads Lead 65 Max with Pamela Henderson. Greetings. Thank you for joining me on BBS Radio All Roads 65 Max with your host, Pamela L. Henderson. My focus is my mission statement, to help create a quality of life through social growth, inspiring jewels to become leaders by establishing partnerships with corporations, the school district, nonprofits, the judicial system, donor sponsors, volunteers in the community, and abroad. I want to welcome Mr. Cornelius Wright. Mr. Wright is an author certified life coach, entrepreneur, and philanthropist. The changes he made to himself are no less than fascinating. He has become a master of teaching people by his leading, by example, approach. His unique style of teaching all elements of his success, joy, and happiness has given him a following of loyal supporters that are using the time-tested success principles to enhance their lives as well. The bottom line is, Mr. Wright, a.k.a. Neo, states he is a movement guy, meaning he does not put limitations on anything. The sky is definitely the limit for him. Welcome again, Mr. Wright. Thank you, Pamela. Thanks for that <laughs> lovely introduction uh, again. Uh, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, uh, whenever I uh, hear that, it's like, okay, now i got to live up to this. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, so thank right. you for that. You know? Yes, and so thank you for that awesome uh, introduction. That's right. So, Mr. Wright, where did you grow up, and what inspired you to become who you are today as a servant of leadership? Yes, I grew up in the... Uh, um, the Central Valley of California, you know, and it's uh, it's the great San Joaquin Valley uh, in California. You could Google it or look on any map, this big, wide, you know, valley in, in, in California. And, and the, the southern end of that, that valley is called the Central Valley, you know, or the, the southern to the central part of that, uh, of the San Joaquin Valley. It's called the Central Valley. So uh, it's mainly, um, it's the agricultural, uh, agricultural environment, um, and uh, I grew up on an 80-acre ranch, um, you know, the first 14 years of my life, uh, being born in Bakersfield, California, which is the south, uh, south end of the Central Valley. And we mm-hmm. moved up to a little, uh, uh, outside of a, of a little town called Early Mart, California, Delano, California. We, we grew up in, right in the middle of those two, those two uh, little, ta- uh, little towns. And my next-door neighbor was a half a mile to the north, a half a mile to the south, just to show you how remote it was. And we were on uh, two little houses on 80 acres of land. So it was, uh, I had four sisters, three sisters that are older than me, and one sister that's younger than me. And I had two brothers, one brother older and one younger. And so we grew up out there around, around agriculture, you know, and, mm-hmm. and working, working in the cotton fields, working in the, uh, the great fields and things like that, because my dad was a farm laborer, and we were living on his boss's land, you know, and so... Uh, so anyway, so that's the, uh, the first 14 years of my life. Uh, we we grew up out, uh, out there. And then uh, in 1974, my dad and mother bought a house in nearby Early Mart, California. And uh, we moved there. And so I was there all the way up until I was about 20 years old. Um, uh, it's, it's 85 to 90% Chicano, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Latino. So mm-hmm. I grew up in the Latino a community and know the know the uh, culture very well, you know. And so, oh, okay. uh, a lot of Latinos are dear to my heart, you know, because um, you know I just grew up in that environment. You know, I know the I know the food. You know, I know the quinceañeras. I, I speak poquito español. You know, I worked out in the fields with uh, with, uh, with with Mexican migrant workers. You know, from Mexico. You know, just all kinds of things. Uh, really rich upbringing. You know, and so okay. my life my life uh, panel took a a turn. You know, in 1979, when uh, a, a friend of mine uh, 
talked me into going up to uh, this town called Visalia, which is in the Central Valley. It's about 30 miles away. And uh, he talked me into going there. I was freshly out of high school, you know, and uh, nothing to do that, that that warm summer evening, August 11th, 1979. You, you talked me into going up to, to Visalia to cruise the, the boulevards looking for a girl because all the girls in our, uh, you know, in our little town, they were in relationships or had boyfriends or whatever, you know, or wouldn't talk to us or whatever, but, you know, but anyway, so... It took him about 10 minutes to finally convince me to go because I did not want to go. So anyway, he wore me out. And so I, he, I had a Suzuki 500 motorcycle at the time. He jumped on the back of the Suzuki 500, and we ride up 35 miles uh, uh, to uh, Visalia, California. And we started cruising um, the famous, uh, or infamous, actually famous, uh, movie Boulevard there. And lo and behold, there were girls there. And so um, just riding up and down there for about an hour, uh, you know, someone actually waved their hand out of a window, you know, a little truck window, you know, going the opposite direction. So I, so I said, hey, and I waved them down, and um, and uh, we we met on a corner. They stopped, and we we um, got out, you know. And uh, I never forget one of the uh, 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 the persons there, my 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 now wife's best friend. You know, she said something that I'll never forget. You know, she actually knew who I was. She said, oh, Cornelius, right? And I go, oh, yeah, that's me. Uh, because see, I, was a, I was a local basketball player, and I used to, I was, I was good. You know, and I used to play in a lot of tournaments. And they used to go there and watch the, the boys, the cute boys, uh, you know, play basketball, right? And so so she knew me from just by seeing me play basketball tournaments, you know. So, so of course, I asked my wife, so was I one of the cute guys? <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> well, yeah, you're okay, but your nose was a little big. But other than that, you're all right. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> right? So I'm like, okay. So anyway, my wife... Um, uh, Kim Wong, she was uh, uh, she was brilliant. You know, she was uh, uh, in a junior year of high school year, national scholar, headed to Harvard or UC Berkeley. Her father, Dr. Wong, was head of the whole county medical center. You know, she had uh, she's the oldest of six kids, three boys and three girls, and most of them today are either uh, doctors, lawyers, blah blah blah. You know, and so traditional uh, immigrant family. You know, you're going to, you're going to be doctor, attorney, or something like that. So of course, my wife followed along with what she was taught, and she ended up coming to UC Berkeley. In 1980, I stayed down there for a year. I played like one year of college basketball, and then then I decided to move up here with her. You know, I wanted to get away from home and, and stuff and just, you know, start my life's journey. Um, and I used to come visit her sometimes up here to the wonderful Bay Area, and I fell in love with two things. I fell in love with, number one, her, you know, and number two, Berkeley in the Bay Area. And so I... I went uh, to Berkeley High. Yeah, see, I know, right? All right. <laughs> go, 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 go jackets, right? That's right. I was there when, when, you know, it was still hippies across the street, and we used to go across the street and eat at the park over there. We used to call yeah. it the Love Park. That was the Love Park, man. Oh, was that right? The Love Park. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Berkeley High has a lot of history. You know, my, my uh, daughter went there. My 19-year-old daughter uh, went there. We went to, uh, she went to King Middle School. They used to call it Garfield way back in the day, but uh, did they call it King Middle School when you were there? But it's, it's still here. Oh, no, I, yeah. I went to uh, West Campus and then, uh, yeah, and then, you know, I was trying to be grown in the ninth grade, hanging with mm -hmm. the ninth, uh, 10th and 11th grade <laughs> uh, 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 teenagers and, you know, I kind of like missed a little bit of my homework. So I had to end up going to East Campus <laughs> for the summer, catching up and everything, because, you know, I just couldn't be behind now. I had to graduate on time. <laughs> But yeah, so go. I got my act together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go, you know, and uh, yeah, high school's a wonderful time, you know. Ber Berkeley High is actually the second largest high school uh, in California. It's a really, really uh, big campus, about 4,000 uh, kids there now, you know. So, so anyway, so my uh, wife came to UC Berkeley, you know, I visited her. Uh, we did the long distance thing for a year, then I eventually moved up here in the the fall of oh, 1981, you know, and I didn't have nothing. You know, I, luckily I had a friend that was uh, from the Central Valley, and she was going to UC Berkeley as well, so I slept on their couch, you know, and so that's when I started. Uh, I came up here and didn't have anything, didn't know anybody, so I had to invent myself, and so got odd jobs working at a dock, you know, and some other things, and I finally got into house painting um, uh, in 1983, but little did I know um, that I would be uh, doing hard physical labor, you know, painting houses from 1983 all the way up to 2015. At 32 years of my life, I was a house painter. You know, um, got in the house painting business for a while, had a few employees, but but uh, 
I had no clue I would be in it uh, for that long. But um, about 10 years into that, you know, uh, I started looking for an exit strategy and got around some successful people and started learning some of the things that I, that I know and, and teach today, you know. And so, um, but this is the second half of my life. I'm 59 years old now. I'll be 60 in December, you know, and this is the second half of my life. First half of my life that I spent doing hard physical labor because I only had a high school education, you know, and I paid the price for that. And so, so this is the second half of my life, and I'm doing a lot, uh, lot more things with that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, my wife and I are still best friends after 40 years. You know, we met 40 years ago, but we've been married for 28 years. Okay. We have a lovely daughter. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. So I was uh, reading your bio, and yes. you are involved in four business ventures. Yes. I was very interested about the African empowerment movement. You are the CEO and founder of yes. A. E.M., a nonprofit organization that will build sustainable communities throughout Africa. Tell us a little bit about your nonprofit. Yes, um, the AIM, it's called AIM. You know, it sounds like A-I-M, but it's AIM, it's AIM African Empowerment Movement. And it's a, um, we're actually building sustainable communities in Africa. You know, it originated, uh, uh, you know, uh, during when COVID-19 uh, started. You know, I uh, I got on a, a public Facebook group, and uh, I had a lot of people from Africa that were posting, you know, and I started building relationships with these people. And they started reminding me how most people in the in the world really live, you know, and they were just telling me how COVID-19 was just devastating them, you know, um, just 10 times what it's doing to us. You know, it's just it's breaking my heart. Right. And so, um, so I started... Um, some of these people were in just desperate need. Just they didn't know where the next meal was coming from. So I started just pulling money uh, out of my pocket, you know. Uh, actually, the, some of the stimulus money that I was getting from the government and you know and, and things of that nature, I was actually sharing that, you know, because I was like, well, I'm, you know, I don't have a whole lot of money, but you know, but hey, you know, it's like I need to share some of this, and so I started, and I still do that today, right? I, I share the money that I have. Uh, I, I still. Uh, donate you know to, right. to people that yeah. are dying straight you know so absolutely so it, yes and so um then um so i decided to do something about it um you know i got got a heart for the, the african people and other people around the world that were struggling so i decided to do something about it and become proactive and and uh one of my best friends uh dakar azu he uh he went to uc berkeley house business school um He's from, originally from Senegal, just a brilliant, uh, brilliant person. You know, we uh, befriended each other about 15 years ago uh, here in the Berkeley area. And we always talked about doing something uh, fabulous, and, you know, and just, uh, you, know, in, it, you know, in Africa someday, you know. And so I, so I just I set up this little website, you know, and just, just to uh, talk about AIM, the AIM project, you know, and then. But then I needed some, some, some people behind me. And I know Dakar Azu was one of them. So I called him and told him about what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a little busy at the time. Uh, but then about in July, we started. And I actually recruited two other wonderful uh, uh, African-American uh, women. You know, Kathy, uh, Kathy Wiley, San Francisco. I was actually, I met her on a lift ride. I was a lift a driver and I met her. And I was telling her about what I was doing. She says, Neil, when you ever start something, please call me. I want to help you. So she sent me her resume. Her resume was just absolutely amazing. And I never seen anything, anything like it. And so, lo and behold, I called Kathy and said, hey, Kathy, do you want to be part of this, uh, this, uh, this, this AIM project? And she says, Neil, absolutely. So she is one of the co-founders. Then we found another African-American woman in Virginia. Her name is Lexi Johnson, and she does finance. And so now it's the four of us, uh, we're co-founders, you know, so right now we're getting nonprofit status, you know, we're doing fundraising right now, we just got incorporated, and so that thing is going great. And so we're going to build sustainable communities, starting in Senegal, in which where we are going to um, uh, you know, actually help in three areas, you know, a formal education, starting from like toddler, you know, just people need to be educated, then we're going to do some, uh, teach people we're going to do some entrepreneurial things, too, you know, teaching people skills, you know, different mm-hmm. types of skills. And it will be done through um, you do Zoom calls and through, uh, you know, uh, through social media and stuff like that. We're going to have uh, a lot of volunteers that are going to be volunteers at a time with different skill sets, you know. 
And uh, eventually we've got to get into the healthcare uh, uh, there as well, because healthcare is a problem. And so okay. we're going to hire, and we're going to hire, uh, we're going to hire uh, people from Senegal um, that are going to be teaching, uh, you know, brick and mortar classes as well. Now, my friend Dakar, he has lots of contacts there. He has family members, so he has people on the ground waiting right now for us to get this, this project started. COVID has slowed it down a little bit, you know. So, so we look to be launching in the spring. We have a goal to launch in the spring you know, the early spring to get everything up and running. We're moving along very, very quickly with the process right now. Oh, that is, that is beautiful. Congratulations on that. That's a, that's a great step right there. Well, we're going to take a break and we will be right back. BBS Radio. Okay, welcome back to BBS Radio, All Road 65 Max Radio, with your host, Pamela L. Henderson, and I have my guest, Mr. Cornelius Wright. We are approaching Election Day. See you at the polls November the 3rd. I hope everyone has registered, but if not, Let's see if we can squeeze that in and get that in. It's very important. You can do so by visiting allroad65max.org or you can go to cocovote.us. Mr. Wright, it is interesting when you connect with people who have similar interests as I. Also, I am Girl Empowerment, and I believe that mental illness and behavioral problems are two different concerns, even though... They have similarities. They are still two different issues. Please elaborate regarding your input in being the CEO of founder of Align International Coaching Group, which focuses on helping people with various mental health issues and to help break the stigma associated with anxiety and depression. Yes, uh, thanks, Pamela, uh, for that. Um, yes, um, you know, uh, mental uh, illness or, you know, uh, mental health um, issues. You know, some people, uh, you know, uh, are even now are saying, you know, they don't like to call it mental illness or whatever. And so, I, you know, um, you know uh, so I sometimes say mental health issues, you know. Um, and there's so much, too, um, that we don't know about, you know, mental health issues, you know, um, whether, you know, being in, being in, in environmental uh, a situation, you know, uh, hereditary, you know, uh, whether we inherit it, you know, from our, our, our forefathers and foremothers, you know. And so there's so much, and there's so many, uh, uh, it's such a wide, um, you know, dimension as well, you know, because you can have, like my mother was, you know, she was, uh, she, she's schizophrenic, right? And so, and so, um, and was it hereditary? Well, her mother was schizophrenic or, 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 or depressed, you know, she didn't say one single word in, uh, in her last 10 years of her life, uh, you know, uh, my grandmother, you know, and, and so mental health issues is, is just rampant in my mom's side of the family. So is it hereditary? Um, I believe there is some of that, you know, is it in environmental, uh, behavioral type of things? Yes. You know, um, uh, and so I'm not really sure. I think it's a combination of both of those. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think it's the way the the environment that you are brought up in, um, True. whether it can it can be a it can be a trauma when you had when you were a kid. You can be abused physically or mentally when you're a kid. I've talked to people that have issues like that, too. You know, they'll tell you, you know, um, I you know, I'm like this because my father beat me and stuff. So, you know, as you know, Pamela, you hear all kind of stories. Right. And so there's just so many variances on what makes us human and, and, and why we have mental health issues, you know, and so I think it could come from a lot of different areas. You know, I'm not that scientific, and I think uh, uh, even scientists are trying to figure this out, right? But right. I do know I do know that uh, we all need help. We need guidance, right, from somebody. And resources, uh, yes. Mm-hmm. And resources, right? right? Right. And so we mm-hmm. do have that in common. I hope that answers your question. Oh, yes, it does. 
per the charity navigator who advocates for other nonprofits such as mine and yours, stated some leaders in the mental health field believe that our deteriorating mental health care system is partially to blame. What is your input regarding this statement and how can your organization help with the resources that are needed? That's a, yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely. You know, the deteriorating uh, uh, health system uh, in America, you know, uh, the mental health system goes right along with that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, the, the whole, the whole uh, health care system needs to be reformed, you know, and it needs to be affordable. There's so much, you know, uh, there's so many problems that we have in, uh, you know, in America. And the health care system is one of them. The legal system is another one. The education system is another one. There's, those are the three broken systems in America that we have, right? They're, they're definitely broken. And, and mental health goes along with the health, you know, with, with, with the health system, right? And so right. it has deteriorated over the years. You know, um, I don't know why. You know, but there's been things that just been that continue to happen. Why you know we don't prioritize certain things, and you know what, Tamara, I'm not gonna. I decided, um, you know, not to wait on the government, you know, for everything, right? And so, absolutely, I decided, I decided to be proactive. It's like, okay, I can't help everybody, you know, and mental uh, mental uh, health issues are coming at out now more than, than ever, you know. Um, you know, movie stars and sports figures are are, are talking now, and so the younger generation are talking more now. So it's it's better, I believe, than it ever was. However, the suicide rate is still higher than it ever was, especially with COVID as well. You know, so so we have a long way, uh, a long way to go with this. But I think just being open with it, like I all I can do is um, you know influence people in my my fear is my fear of influence, right? Like Taraji P. Henson, you know, she's doing something with mental uh, health issues. She's having a show or something like that's going to help. And there's movie stars and sports figures. And yes. And so you would think if they're doing it, everybody would do it, but that's not the, that's not how it works because as good as the thing she is doing, you know, some people can't relate to her. They say, well, she has a lot of money. She can just, you know, it's right. So, and so like you, Pam, Pamela, you only can set, affect so, so many people and I can only affect so many people. Some people will relate to you and they won't relate to me and vice versa. Right. And so, so what I'm doing, I figured I am going to control what I can control. I'm going to control the environment. I'm going to start Absolutely. where I am. Right. Right. I'm going to start where I am right now and start branching out. Right. And I'm going to go out with open hands and with an open heart. Right. And I think, and not wait for the government to do things. If the government does some things, we can work in unison it, better. You know, uh, yeah, uh, us, what we're doing, uh, uh, Pamela, and with, with the movie stars, and hey, it, no, one's, no one's fighting against each other. Let's, it's all for the, the common good, right? I love what the movie we're stars are We're all in the, this together. Absolutely. We're all in this together. So, so I love what you're doing, Pamela. I, you know, it, it's, it, it's the more the merrier, right? And so, and so let's not wait for the government to do everything, and let's take action, uh, you know, for ourselves. Oh, Absolutely. That was a, that was a great answer. Thank you so much because it is very important for us to take the initiative to whatever our goals are. Besides that, we should have a passion to give back in some way. And mental health issues are just it's overwhelming. And you don't and I noticed that some people don't even realize that some of the behavioral problems that they um, have uh, upon themselves becomes mental health issues because it just becomes something that becomes the norm, which it is not the norm. And that is the reason why my foundation focus is behavioral problems because I believe that you can change and you can. But that's just like when you are peer pressured and you want to be in the know. Well, those bad habits and the brainwashing of this is the way that it is and this is the way that you should allow things to happen in your life and everything can become mental issues. And you start feeling that as you start getting sick and you start doing things that's injecting pain upon yourself and everything. And those behavioral issues has to stop. And that is the way people start 
killing themselves, committing the suicides and things of that nature. So I want to help break that pattern because I, I, I really, really am focused. I have a daughter and she, to me, falls in that 15% that still doesn't understand. It's just a certain responsibility you have to take upon yourself in order to get out of bondage and slavery and abuse and things of that nature. And when you are not focused on that and thinking about other things, then, you know, you're not never breaking the cycle. Bless her heart. However, um, she's doing okay for herself and everything. And I, I, you know, I could just put everything in God's hands for him to help her move forward into social growth. What do you consider to be the top three strengths and weaknesses to help someone recognize and take responsibility that will help them overcome and get well to move forward into social growth? I think it's, um, uh, the first of all, first I can think of number one is to um, recognize that you um, or accept that, that there is something wrong. And because I know when I, you know, uh, I was diagnosed with generalized anxiety disorder in 2017, and just and just admitting that first that there was uh, something a little off here, there was something, you know, this chemical imbalance it was a little off. Just admitting that first, I think, you know, um, because mm-hmm. I thought this kind of being an ex-athlete and I still work out six days a week, uh, Pamela. I thought this kind of stuff happened to other people, right? And it has to happen to me. I, I can't sleep. I'm just like, what's going on here? And so I had to get off my high horse, you know. I was, right. and I was, I was very humbled, you know. And, and uh, you know, uh, and 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 after this nine month episode, I went through just the, the toughest time of my life, you know. Because I tell people, you know, mental having a mental uh, health issue, it's so uncomfortable that you're going to need help, right? Mm-hmm. So right. first of all, you got to say I need some help, and then right. you got to reach out for help. Right, because the symptoms are too uncomfortable for us humans to live with. They're just yeah. too, they're gonna they're too uncomfortable because you because you know you you have insomnia or your body's feeling uh, you know agitated or you're you're just stressed out your 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 appetite is suppressed you know and and, and stuff right and it's just uh, you cannot you cannot live with the symptoms of of, uh, of these mental health issues right they are going right. to they are going to break you after a while and so. And so that's why you see some people that they're they're going to turn to um, you know uncontrolled substances and stuff because you're gonna have to alleviate these symptoms somehow, right? And fortunately, I had therapy and I had uh, things of that nature to help me. But uh, but but I realized that I did I did need some help. And, and number three is you really have to take initiative yourself and be in charge of your own mental health, your own wellness, right? You can't expect for, uh, for someone else to do it uh, for you. Like, like say, say, for instance, with your daughter, um, Pamela, you can help her, you know, but, but she has to take on some kind of initiative to help herself. You can give her the tools and you can give her the love. Absolutely. You can give her all those things, but she's going to have to at least meet you halfway and say, okay, yeah, and luckily I've had people that met me halfway. Now God right. actually take uh, responsibility for yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, she's doing a, a a little better, but mm-hmm. you know I have just you know great expectations like we all do for our uh, children and everything. So yeah, and that's true. I I take a look at that, and I can remember how I had uh, end up um, fighting to get guardianship for my grandson who resides with me now, bless his heart. And he is the reason why I established my foundation. And I just could not, you know, my daughter was in a abusive relationship at the age of 21 years ago. And when she had her children removed, you know, I watched my grandson, you know, you know, being the abuser hands to, he didn't want to really deal with it, so he gave him to his mother. And so my grandson just suffered uh, physically, mentally, emotionally, and I was not going to allow that. And um, it had taken me off of my journey as an executive. However, 
to save his life and to give him the opportunity to move forward was something that God just, I was that person. And, you know, that was my grandson. And I wasn't going to let that happen to him. He wasn't going to fall in the cracks of self-destruction and grow up and just be, um, you know, and have a lot of mental illnesses or anything. But right now today, he's a straight A student. He's doing very well. He's growing. He's, you know, handsome. I mean, uh, you know, and it's just good. And he's out of that environment. And that is so important. And uh, we're raising him to be a young king. And that is something that he, you know, is going to grow and learn and everything. And, um, yeah, and he's doing just great. But to get getting to that point, I can remember where, you know, they had him on some, you know, pills. And when he used to visit, I used to see he had some behavioral problems. Mm-hmm. But I immediately identified with that. And in the midst of establishing my foundation, I was doing research for that whole year and a half. And um, I don't see things the way others may see things when you have mental illness. Um, Some things, and that's why I say we have to separate it a little bit, because behavioral problems, you can take certain uh, different, I would say, mediation, pray, calm holistic, faith steps for healing, encouragement, and you can move forward. And that's what happened to my grandson. I immediately fired everyone whom medically uh, was trying to help him and have him on any type of pill. They were fired. And he just totally grew and changed. And I believe that. And I also mentored another young lady and she had a stuttering problem and she couldn't really get her words out without stuttering a lot. But after calming her down and working with her and everything, she just like shined and it was no problem, but it's just the anxiety and the depression and the doubt and things of that nature. And you have to give those resources mental Health counselors provide emotional emotional counseling and guidance to individuals suffering from mental and behavioral disorders. My focus through my foundation is stipulated to have a group focused meeting as part of their scheduled program. Because I believe when you are open to discuss the behavioral habits that you inflict on yourself, you are able to recognize the, and take responsibility that is needed by you taking a step forward in a healing process. What is your input about behavioral disorders again, pertaining to that? Right. Um, With behavior, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a product of our environment, right? The way we, we behave, you know, because, um, you know, uh, I, I just look at some of the uh, the, the, uh, the kids that are brought up. Um, I was just watching something this morning uh, about Youngstown, Ohio. You know, and how it's just deteriorated uh, from a from a just a, a bustling community just down to you know uh, just just about nothing. You know, and just just uh, the statistics were just uh, you know just uh, flooring. You know, just just it was just staggering you know the statistics of the unemployed and everything you know and so and i just can't imagine growing up in a place like that you know or you know growing up you know um it is some pretty rough uh, parts you know throughout america where i can't imagine sure. being a, a a kid and growing up in, in these places and i and i look where i grew up and stuff like that and how wholesome that was but but you know when you're when you're growing up as a as a as a young boy or a young girl, you know, it's, it, it, it's, uh, um, you know, you're, you're seeing people get shot. You're just all this stuff that's going on, you know, and just, and, and just things that children should not see, you know, right. like um, abuse, and, domestic right? violence, abuse, things like that, domestic violence, you know, mom fighting dad or somebody, you know, and all these kind of things, you know, although I did see some things uh, I shouldn't have seen when I was, I, I was, uh, a, you know, when I was young, you know, but, but still we had the, uh, the mother and dad was just, they, they were together and stuff like that. And, uh, um, but, but some of the things that go on now, you know, um, mm-hmm. and what, 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 what kids, uh, have access to, you know, the, the things on the internet, on YouTube and stuff, 
yeah. things like that. Everything has to. I can't imagine being young, a young adult or a young a, a child these days with access to to things on things that I would never even. I don't even look at uh, on YouTube, right? I just. I, I mean, you can just uh, you can go on and on about the things that the heinous things that, that that are on YouTube and stuff, and and and, and people are doing it for and kids are doing it for just for fun now and stuff like that, and mm-hmm. you know and all the. Uh, um, Peer pressure and the and the and the bullying and stuff like that. I can't. I, I feel for our youth right now what they have to yes. go through. Right. I just can't Absolutely. imagine. You know, like like I use this example. Like when I was a kid, you know, say you walk into the cafeteria, you know, with your with your with your tray, and you slip down on some potatoes or something, right? And back then, when I in the day, people just maybe laugh at you and stuff like that. But now, Pamela, if a kid's walking through the through the uh, the cafeteria with a tray now and falls down and slips, everyone is going to record you, right? And they're going to they're going to put it out all over the world. Right. What a dummy you were, and you slip, and they're going to they're going to they're going to put you on YouTube, or TikTok, and all that stuff. And you sitting there being humiliated. Can you imagine a, a, a kid having? You know, something that's so embarrassed, everybody just puts it out there. I just can't imagine that. You know, but you that's know, what it, it brings that back to. Um, right now, I know that Facebook, Twitter, and all them, uh, the the um, CEOs are being questioned. You know, in regards to what is safe and what's not safe, and I know mm-hmm. we have a lot of disgruntledness. Uh, pertaining to certain things that they take off and they shouldn't take off, but they do have to use discretion. And I do think that things like that should not be allowed to be on social media. It just doesn't make no sense. I don't, um, you know, I'm, my social media have became more private because I'm more serious about and focused and passionate about what I do. Therefore I have to be, you know, I set myself up to, get people who really need what I am offering, the services and things of that nature I am offering. And it's good to know that, you know, people know how to cook gumbo and, 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 and fried chicken and stuff like that, but it just, you know, <laughs> that's not what I want to see every day on my Facebook. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and that is, that is true. It's, you know, it's, it's. I was telling my grandson that I'm like, oh, we have to pray every day for your age because we don't know what to expect. <laughs> That's right, right. So we're living in a totally different world, Pablo. Right? And it's just, Absolutely. it's so. It, you know, it, 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 all we can do, we only can do so much to, uh, you know, to uh, parent them, right? Because you, you know, like kids, you know, of course, you know. We did stuff when my parents weren't looking. You, you, we can't be with them twenty four seven. Of course, you know with their friends, they're gonna be they're gonna be watching stuff, looking at stuff, and so so they're gonna grow up, right? And so we have to realize, okay, they're gonna grow up. You know, I can't control everything. You know, I can have you know we have our rules and stuff like that, and, and, you know, but we can't control everything. You know, we, you know, I just say, you know. um, it's just try to keep an open relationship with them if you can. You know, kids are looking for love, but they, you know, but you know, different kids grow up in different environments, and they, you know, and people are we're different. You know, we're different. Uh, you know, and so fortunately, my daughter was, uh, you know, she was never any problems with anything like that. She's um, that my she's best friends with me and her mother. You know, we do a lot of things together and stuff. And she had a wholesome, uh, uh, you know, uh, you're, uh, you're growing up uh, wholesome, but. Not saying that she didn't have her struggles, but 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 uh, but still, you know. But she was able but, to listen, and it's so funny yeah. you said you're saying that because, like me, I always been a hard worker. I always grew up. I had two jobs and everything, so I was just just goal oriented and just focused. And with my two kids, I, I tell you, they they didn't listen, but I can teach others. Yeah, but mine's didn't. I don't know if it's because they were spoiled or whatever the situation may be, but mm-hmm. I tried. I only can do what I can do. So, per the CDC, who states mental disorders among children are described as serious changes in the way children typically learn, behave, or handle their emotions. What is your input, and how can a therapist or life coach? help someone to abate the cause of distress and problems getting them through the day? Yes, that's a good question. Uh, you know, life coaches and therapists are different, right? A therapist, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, 
a therapist, because uh, I've been in therapy, you know, they, they, uh, they kind of uh, go into um, uh, what's, they go back into your past, you know, and they're going to fig- figure out why you are behaving uh, the way you are uh, behaving today. And so they, 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 they want to kind of dig down. They want to, they, they're what I call fixers. You know, they're trying to fix uh, the situation, you know, um, and, you know, just by to, to talk, talk therapy or things of that nature, you know, and just getting you to, uh, you know, to, to be open and to talk and, you know, there's just all different kinds of therapies. So you can go, even go to hypnotherapy and things of that nature, you know, so therapists, you know, um, they're really delving into, you know, trying to find out the, the quote unquote problem that you might have. And, 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 and they realize that it stemmed from somewhere, somewhere in your past, you know. But what about a life coach? What, what about a life, a life coach? coach? That's a great question. Life coach is life coach. We're not fixers, right? We are guiders. We're going to guide you in a way. We're going to give you the tools for you to use yourself. But like I was saying earlier, you need to be self-disciplined. You need to be, um, you know, you need to be in charge of your own future, your own destiny. Like, like, like I have a life coaching practice, and I call it, you know, that, that old saying, you know, you can bring the horse to, uh, you know, to, 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 to the water, but, you know, you can't make them drink. So what life coaches do is, like, I, I have a trough. I have I built a, a digital trough for people to come drink out of. Now my trough is, 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 you know, I put all the, all the, I put the best water in there and stuff like that, you know, for people to drink the best water. And so as a life coach, but I cannot, I set up the trough. I cannot make them drink, right? I can set an example for them. I, I, I do, I do that by my daily activities, but, but that's the difference between a life coach and a, you know, I believe therapists are fixers, you know, or you can go all the way up to psychiatrists, but they're fixers or, you know, someone will give medication and stuff like that. Life coaches, we're not, you know, we're just, we, we're here to coach you on activities to make you a better person and give you the tools, but you're going to have to do the work. Right. So it's about taking responsibility. So that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, we're going to take a break and we will be right back. Welcome back to BBS Radio, All Road 65, with your host, Pamela L. Henderson, and my guest, Mr. Cornelius Wright. Again, we are approaching Election Day, November the 3rd. Please, if you have not, try to register to vote. You can go and do so at allroad65max.org or cocovote.us. So, Mr. Wright, one of the programs that are offered through 65 Max Foundation mentor internships that are offered is to have a focused mentoring counseling session as part of the program schedule. How do I prepare for the first session of introduction? Would it be the one through six steps that are great? What do you have to say about that? Um, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, you know, I have, uh, yes, I have, uh, um, you know, I, I have six steps, you know, um, that I uh, coach and I live by, um, they're embedded into my soul, you know, and, uh, and these six, uh, steps, uh, or I call the six F, you know, um, and this is a good place to start, you know, and in my opinion, I think if you keep these in order, you are going to live a, a really fulfilling life, or you're going to be on your way to living a really full, fulfilled life. And and uh, the first step is of faith, you know, uh, being spiritually in tune to the universe, to God, or you know, um, right. And right. so, just having that spiritual connection, because I believe uh, all of us people are spiritual in nature, you know. And and if you're not, uh, no, it's no judgment. I'll pass judgment on anyone, you know. But I happen to be a follower of Christ, and you know. Uh, you know, for for quite a while, for all my life, you know, and so so you, you want to have that that connection. Uh, the next one uh, is uh, is 
family. You know, uh, you want to be in good stead with your family. You know, not everybody is in good stead with their family. Some families fight. You know, some, uh, you know, um, I know we, we have some family uh, uh, members that were close to us and, you know, their mother happened to have some money and, and, and some uh, houses and stuff, and she did not write a will. And, and that family has broken up. It, it, it broke my heart. They haven't, they don't speak anymore. I mean, the, it's like eight or nine kids, and uh, most of them don't speak with each other anymore because one particular uh, sibling uh, took off with the money, and, you know, it's just so, it's just, you know, and it's sad. Yeah, it so, does. Thanks. Now, that is sad. That is. What is your greatest strength as a life coach? My greatest strength as a life coach is um, is leading by example, right? That's my greatest strength is leading by example, being, you know, just showing people the way I live. You know, I practice what I preach and just leading by example. That is, that is, um, that's the most important to me. It's just, you know, showing people, hey, I'm not just going to ask you to do this. I am, I am in the trenches. This is the way I live by leading by example. Absolutely. We have been discussing a subject that is heartfelt, and we both are passionate about mental health illness and behavioral problems. At 65 Max Foundation, my expertise is to help at-risk youth told to 24 years old who needs the customer service skills that are needed no matter what profession or career you pursue. I am girl empowerment, and I do believe in my heart that if you are given the right resources, you can overcome life challenges and obstacles to shine amongst the stars, as Les Brown says. I am always open to discuss the truth, to be told, and offer the resources through my foundation. You can always contact me by visiting allroad65max.org, or you can contact me by joining me. Uh, to purchase a tier on patreon.com, All Road 65. This is where we have a one-on-one discussions or the opportunity to join me here on BBS Radio, All Road 65. Uh, last but least, you can always stop by my Instagram, Pamela H. Inspired Jewels. I am always in need of great mentors and volunteers to help change the lives one day at a time. So tell me, how can someone contact you and your organization? Okay, thank you, Pamela. Yeah, the best way um, that I say is, is uh, for, you know, I'm old school, right? So I'll give you my phone number first. You know, I'm all, I'll, I have an open door policy. I'll talk to anyone, right? And so my phone number is 510-918-1916. And I have a couple of URLs I'd like to, you can visit as well. The first one is, uh, uh, is my, it'll tell you about my life story, my books and all that kind of stuff and what I do, uh, just to get a general, uh, you know, outlook on what I do. You have I a do. book? That's, you have a book? You yes, tell Black me you Boy. Have a book. Yeah, I got a book that's coming out in the spring. It's called mm-hmm. Black Boy from the It's Black Boy from the Barrio, you know, uh, the, the Mexican ghetto where I grew up down there. Black Boy from the Barrio, <laughs> and it's the first. It's the first of a series. It's the first of a series of books that okay. that uh, um, that's going to be. Uh, uh, it's going to be a great series, you know. Um, right. it, it was so popular that, that the first publishing company that I sent it to accepted it immediately. So and I have a large following on that. But that's another story. But it's called Black Boy from the Barrio. And you can actually visit it on my website. You just, just hit the hit the tab where it says books. And you can go, uh, you can pre-order it if you want. But it's called Black uh, Boy from the Barrio. It's my life story. And so, Barrio. And the Barrio, yes. Okay. And so you go to www.c as in cat, D as in dog, J as in John, enterprises with a S. Mm-hmm. .com. So www.cdjenterprises.com. That'll get you to my main site and to my coaching site. If you're looking for 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 great great coaching for the best price guaranteed, it's you go to www.ignite. I G N I T E coaching C O A C H I N G with Neo uh, with Neo N E O dot com. So ignite coaching with Neo. Dot com and you can uh, you can see everything that I'm uh, doing there. I have some bios and everything, and those are the best way to contact me. Contact me oh. anytime. Oh, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. That sounds good, and I hope 
you much success and I will remain in contact with you as well. Thank you so much, Panda. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, you are so welcome. I really enjoyed the conversation and everything. It was uh, really enlightening. So thank you so much. I am going to end this, however. My name is Pamela L. Henderson, founder, president of All Roads Lead, 65 Max Foundation. I hope you will join me on this journey. Get involved by donating or become a sponsor or volunteer. You can contact me through the website at allroads65max.org and subscribe. And join me here on BBS Radio, All Roads 65, or on my patreon.com forward slash all road 65. I'm going to leave you with the quote of the day. For now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. Thank you to my team at BBS Radio. Until next time, listeners, join me November the 10th at 11 a.m., my interview with the phenomenal Mr. Dane Stevens here on BBS Radio, All Roads 65 Max Radio. Thank you and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to All Roads 65 Max Radio with Pamela Henderson. Join us every other week on Tuesdays, 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on BBS Radio Station One. And please visit allroads65max.org and become a volunteer or sponsor and be the change you want to see in this world. With your help, we can make a difference in our society and uplift those who so desperately need our help. Thank you for tuning in.